0: What, was his head missing? I think so. Holy shit, it's Lovecraft bees. Worst kind of bees. HB Lovecraft. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. Hey, remember when that guy ripped his face off and then stuff came out of his face and that stuff almost killed us?
1: welcome to the review to death podcast I'm Marcus and I'm Luke tonight we're starting uh sort of a little bit of a Stuart Gordon trilogy with 1986 from beyond
0: Stuart Gordon is a pretty big uh, HP Lovecraft fan and rolled the better for it as horror fans he made quite a few of these um, you know uh, movies based on HP's stories uh, and this is one of them uh there's from beyond I guess we're gonna kind of spoil a little bit of our our, our upcoming movies we're going to also cover dagon and we're going to cover reanimator of course of course we have to cover reanimator we got to watch that one
1: Stuart gordon movies have sort of a reputation of being pretty freaking gross and tonight's movie did not disappoint
0: oh not at all uh it's man uh it if you want goopy goopy gore, a la society you've come to the right place uh it, there's a lot of really crazy practical effects in this one that will uh will, will stick with us for a while
1: we just did a second listen on society we released that podcast again and as we were watching this one it's very similar and one of the reasons for that is uh the production team is uh brian yuzna who did society
0: uh, brian yuzna and uh Stuart gordon are kind of uh, co collaborators, uh, you know, had been for a while, and uh, they produced uh, several of these of these movies. Hughes uh, now worked on, um, you know, other movies, uh, you know, in this series or not in this series, but in the Reanimator series. For example, he, he wrote. Beyond Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, so he's you know again pretty big golfcraft fan. Uh, just, you know, just going off uh, of, of you know of those credits. Our podcast
1: has uh, sort of come a little bit of a, uh, a full circle here, is we were both surprised to find out that this movie also is a like a Charles Band production. And when we first started doing our podcast, we were sort of in the middle of our Puppet Master series, which is all Charles Band. Uh, and uh, so this was executive produced by Charles Band and Richard Band did the music, and uh, it felt like we were coming home, Luke.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a Charles Band joint. Uh, it's it definitely sounds like a Full Moon feature. Uh, you know, Charles Band would eventually uh, you know create Full Moon Entertainment, which is still around to this day. Uh, they're you know they're the makers of the Puppet Master movies, which uh we covered to exhaustion when we first started this uh this podcast. <laughs> that became a chore, man. <laughs> after the after the first
1: three movies and Doll Man, it swiftly and quickly and
0: uh went downhill. Yeah, they became kind of tough to watch. Uh and in retrospect, maybe not the best series to start the podcast with. <laughs> I know uh you know, my my buddy Dan that we uh you know we, we watched uh Bad Moon with. I remember him giving me some feedback like, man, it doesn't seem like you guys are really enjoying watching these movies anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we definitely weren't, and you can see that in
0: uh our last couple
1: of podcasts where we combined a couple of the movies together. Yeah. Uh, you, to just
0: get them over and done with. We just wanted to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like okay let's please move on to the next thing
1: <laughs> so long story longer uh, don't watch puppet master after Dollman. you know what just watch puppet master 3 and be done with it
0: <laughs> yeah that's the best one that one's great so look what's from beyond about so from beyond uh, again going off of imdb's description it's a group of scientists have developed the resonator a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perceptive reality but when the experiment succeeds, they are immediately attacked by terrible life forms.
1: And so, like Colorado Space, this one is actually based on an H.P. Lovecraft short story of
0: the same name. A real short story. It's like seven pages long.
1: They took the general idea of that story. It's another uh, narrator driven short story, like Colorado Space was, except uh, we're pretty sure that they made the narrator like a main character. And uh, and uh, just threw the other characters in there um, to make the story work.
0: Yeah, in the short story, the main uh, antagonist is Doctor Crawford Tillingast, who is the guy that kind of you know he builds the resonator and turns it on, and he, you know yes, when he encounters these otherworldly creatures from another dimension. In the movie, Crawford Tillingast is the Associate to uh, a Dr. Edward Pretorius, and uh, he he is the main antagonist in the movie. He's played by a guy named Ted Sorrell. Crawford Tillingast is played by the great great Jeffrey Combs. Later on, we get introduced to uh, Dr. Catherine McMichael's, who's played by Barbara Crampton. Um, and then uh, we also get a guy named Bubba Brownlee, uh, who's played by again a, a legend in uh, Ken Forey. So
1: these three, especially. Are sort of low budget, cheesy slash cult horror movies, um, and they're they're just legends of the genre. Uh, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton have been in a lot of Stuart Gordon movies, uh, a lot of their own works. Uh, they showed up in our Creep Show Spectacular that we did back in May, and uh, Ken Forey, of course, was in Dawn of the Dead and Halloween remake and, <laughs> and plenty of other things and uh these people are just just amazing and they make this movie
0: yeah i know they're, they're great and they're they really are the stars of the show it's the majority of this is short movie it's only about 85 minutes long it really is it's just uh you know it's jeffrey combs cam Forey, ken Forey, and barbara crampton um fucking around with this resonator and uh right. making things uh noticeably worse for themselves
1: I loved how Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton are playing this movie pretty straight. You know, they're being pretty serious about it. Then Ken Forey is just hamming it up, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, Ken Forey, uh, it's like he shows up from the set of a movie from like the 60s and 70s. And um, yeah, he's, he's dressed like Shaft at the beginning of the movie. Man, his wardrobe in this movie, can we talk about this for a minute? How awesome it is? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's very unexpected.
0: Yeah, he so yeah, he goes from being dressed like Shaft to there's like a, a part in the middle of the movie when they're getting, you know, all hell's breaking loose where all of a sudden he like bursts out of his room because it's, it's nighttime, right? So everyone's sleeping. He bursts out of his room and he's wearing like the tiniest Speedo ever. And this, and Cam Forey is a big dude. He's huge and he's super muscly and he just looks like a bodybuilder. He's, you know, and he's brandishing a giant butcher knife. And uh, it's a sight to see. That Speedo
1: is uh pretty, act- it's like a pretty close to the color of his skin as well too. So if you're, if you're looking at it, you know, sort of quickly, it looks like he's not wearing anything at all.
0: Right. And he gets wet fairly quickly too, because at that point the, the, they're, they're like in the basement and it's flooded and there's this giant worm chasing him around. And um, yeah, it just looks like he's buck ass naked running around.
1: We'll just say that Ken Forey is on full display in this scene.
0: Yeah. You, you basically, yeah, you, uh, he doesn't leave much to the imagination. And then what's he, what's he wearing next time we see him, Marcus?
1: Uh, he's wearing a football jersey with his own name on the back. Like uh, his college or his high school football jersey that he just travels with, apparently.
0: Yeah, but he's wearing like the gun holster over it. so
1: it's... <laughs> it's, Yeah, like the shoulder holster. And he's got like a ripped pair of jeans on. It's uh... <laughs> it's a fucking look. It's, it also shows up uh, like he's just like he's wearing that. As uh, like Barbara Crampton's character has gone through a transformation, and she's wearing like this leather lingerie thing, and uh, it's it's very uh, out of left field.
0: Oh, she's like she becomes like a full on dominatrix uh, throughout this movie, which it, it's kind of funny because uh, at the beginning of the movie, the it, the movie kind of goes out of its way to dress her up as unsexy as possible. Uh, you know, this is nineteen eighty six fashions. And they go heavy on, like, giant overcoats and shoulder pads. And uh, she's almost, like, formless underneath all of these layers. But then one of the side effects from being near the resonator is it makes everyone super fucking horny. And that includes Dr. McMichaels. And she finds this uh, leather dominatrix outfit in one of these rooms in Dr. Pretorius's mansion. And uh, she puts that shit on and becomes, like, a totally new character.
1: So this mansion that they're in, uh, is Dr. Pretorius's mansion from the beginning. And at the beginning of the movie, uh, you know, this resonator experiment starts and Pretorius gets his uh, head twisted off and disappears. And that's when uh, Jeffrey Combs' character Crawford sort of goes insane. And that's why um, all these three characters are back at this mansion is because uh, Dr. McMichaels, you know, played by uh, Barbara Crampton, is interested in this device that crawford has told her about and they're there to investigate because you know it's lovecraft you know you got to have some investigations although this movie's not heavy on the investigation it's more the creature stuff and uh this room where the doctor finds this leather dominatrix in uh outfit in is uh well luke tell us about this room
0: well it's a fucking like Sex dungeon. (laughs) There's like Dr. Pretorius
1: has been 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 living a second life while he's been working on the resonator.
0: Yeah, there's like sex swings in there and like uh you know, chains and whips and places to get tied down in and there's video cameras and Dr. Pretorius uh was making these like crazy ass like torture porn videos like uh what, what do you call that uh, bondage or, videos? Yeah, yeah, he's making making those in there. Um, you know, while he's not doing science, uh, he was making <laughs> making that stuff, of which uh, you know Crawford, you know, was was well aware of because he you know he he knew all about this stuff. So basically, what you take away from this is uh, Dr. Pretorius was one fucked up horny dude.
1: Well, it actually does serve a purpose because uh, even though Dr. Pretorius died in the first scene of the movie, he's going to come back. And every time he comes back, he's going to be a little bit different and he's going to be a little bit hornier. And uh, it, it goes with, you know, sort of establishing that fact ahead of time and, you know, why his character does this. So, you know, despite Crawford's protests, even though for some reason he decides to help him fix this thing later on for who knows what reason. But uh, they turn the resonator back on and uh, Dr. Pretorius is standing there butt ass naked Like, telling him to, like, come touch me. You're not real. Well, come touch me.
0: Yeah, yeah. He describes his death at the beginning of the movie, like one of these creatures, as, like, an ascension. Because, you know, he's seen into the other realities, and uh, now that he's, you know, quote-unquote died, he has basically switched planes, and now the resonator allows him to go back into our plane, as it is. And uh, so he, he becomes a fucking you know crazy sex monster guy
1: the rest of this movie is the transformation that the characters make and the resonator you know turning itself back on because they destroyed it at one point and every time you see dr pretorius his uh his form has changed a little bit and they had explained at the beginning of the movie that um what this resonator does is it makes a gland in the brain grow larger. Correct?
0: The pineal gland. Yeah, it makes your pineal gland super big and strong.
1: <laughs> in fact, it starts like poking out of the front of their heads, like the forehead,
0: and it takes on a mind of its it takes on a mind of its own. Specifically, Crawford's uh, head. It, it eventually gets so big it just uh, jets out of his head. But uh, it, it come it it's out of uh, Pretorius's head as well. And uh, it, the reason why they keep turning this resonator back on is because Dr. McMichael's, uh, she thinks that this thing has holds the key to the cure for um, uh, schizophrenia and uh, and brain damage. So, you know, she's a scientist and she wants to. You know, she sees the benefits of this obviously super dangerous creation. So she's kind of the reason why this thing keep getting keeps getting turned on. All this crazy shit starts happening. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, Crawford's, uh, forehead kind of like explodes a little bit. And this thing like starts protruding from it. Uh, he loses all of his hair in that, uh, attack in the basement when Ken Ford was running around on his little tiny speedo, yeah. uh, when the, when the worm was chewing on him, the only thing it ate was his hair. Uh, <laughs> so he spends the rest of the movie looking like, uh, Brenner from, you know, the original Magnificent seven. Uh, it's, it's pretty fucking wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> until until his his gland pops out of his forehead when uh after they leave the house you know after uh after uh brownley brownley gets killed man like fucking hp lovecraft bees like disintegrate him
0: hp lovecraft's hb's Love, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, they they eat <laughs> they eat him. Uh, they turn him into basically like a skeleton, except they leave his face.
1: Oh, by the way, these aren't these aren't bees. Like they're like they're pellets. They're like purple pellets that fly around like bees. It, it's not really explained. It's just there for the makeup effect. Because uh, I guess it also shows that maybe like uh, these creatures from the other dimension are attracted to light. Because like Brownlee throws a flashlight for some reason. And it shines on him. He's like, oh, shit. And then, like, he gets eaten by these things.
0: Yeah, that's probably, like, one of the clumsiest scenes in the movie. He's, like, he's trying to help out uh, Crawford and McMichaels because they're, you know, covered in these things. And then he, like, yeah, somehow he, like, yeah, he throws the flashlight away and then they fly chance on him and then they eat him. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, Ken Forey's Bubba uh, does not make it into the last third of this movie.
1: Real quickly to just sum up the rest of this movie, because I want to talk about the makeup more than anything else. Is uh, you know, Crampton and Combs, you know, Doctor McMichael's and uh, Crawford and guests, uh leave the mansion after all this crazy shit happens, and they're and they're at a hospital, and they're trying to figure out what's going on with Crawford's head. You figure out that it sort of like takes over his mind and it turns him into this like homicidal maniac that likes to fucking suck people's brains out through their eyeballs, specifically the left eyeball.
0: Yeah. And his, his protruding pineal gland, uh, gives him like predator vision, (laughs) which highlights people's brains. Like there it fucking is (laughs) go get that fucking thing. And, uh, and he sure does. He sucks a bunch of brains in this last, uh, Uh, you know, bit of movie here.
1: So he goes on a rampage in the hospital and he's like switching back and forth. Like, uh, you know, like the gland takes over his brain and then it retracts back into his head. And he's like himself. And, uh, Dr. McMichaels has, uh, escaped from this and is headed back to the mansion because she wants to blow up the resonator. And, uh, uh, Crawford is able to get himself an ambulance and get back there. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> she's all like uh, she gets tied up by him uh, because uh, like the gland is taken over again. And she solves that by fucking biting it out of his head with her teeth.
0: Yeah. And he's kind of like, and that kind of brings him, takes him um, or shakes him out of it. Right. Like he's becomes himself again. And then she, but not before she places this bomb, which we, it was never explained where she got this fucking James Bond via, you know, 1980s James Bondish bomb it looks like a bundle of dynamite uh tied together into an alarm clock (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous but she just grabbed it somewhere along the way Uh, so you know the timer's ticking uh and then you know at this point uh pretorius is uh so powerful that he can just like turn the resonator on and off at will even though it's not plugged in anymore so of course he does and he shows up and he's looking more body horror-ish than ever uh, and then him and uh, Crawford have a little scientist fight, like, but they're inside of each other. Well, even before that, you're right. He gets
1: his head. He gets his head bitten off. It's fucking like immediately, Twisted off. Yeah, like immediately too. There's there's no fight, and that and that's what leads him to because uh, uh you know it looks like uh Dr. McMichael's is in some trouble. Uh, but then uh, Jeffrey Combs' character Crawford starts to like burst out from uh Dr. Pretorius' body.
0: Yeah, so much like Pretorius at the beginning of the movie, where, you know, for him, death was just an ascension, so does uh, Crawford do the same thing once he gets his head twisted off by the uh, Pretorius creature? Um, it's like he's, he kind of pulls a fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi on this guy, right? He kind of like, let's, you know, when Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan, right? And he becomes more powerful yeah. than he can possibly imagine. And uh, as Pretorius is uh, quickly advancing on uh, Dr. McMichaels, by the way, we haven't like touched upon this, but he, once he is uh in our world and on our plane and alone with Dr. McMichael's, he gets very rapey and um touchy and grabby, let's put it that way, uh, whenever she's around. So he's got let's say less than gentlemanly plans for her. And uh, right when he's about to uh, you know, descend on her in all his like body horror glory, uh, all of a sudden. Crawford starts bursting out of, you know, the Pretorious, you know, creature, uh, you know, in, in bits and pieces and he starts like tearing them apart from the inside. Which
1: distracts him enough to uh, for the doctor to set up her bomb and Kool-Aid man her way out the window and then the mansion explodes and they find uh, the doctor on the ground outside screaming her head off because she's lost all of her sanity points. And then that's the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, she's uh, she she does a, a very much like what uh, Trent did at the end of an amount of madness. She's doing the uh, that laughing, screaming, crying thing. Uh, she's lost her fucking mind. Oh, and her knees are all fucked up. They're like they look. Oh amazing. yeah, they
1: exploded out of her kneecap. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and uh, that's yeah, that's how the movie. Yeah, she's like surrounded by the neighbors of this uh, crazy ass fucking doctor who are probably really glad that the shit's finally over with. <laughs> <laughs> and um as the house burns she's uh screaming and um yeah pretty much just lost her damn mind
1: so that's the the movie as far as the story goes but um this is uh sort of been our first like really l- creature heavy lovecraft story like there were some creatures in colorado space and there was a little bit of creatures in the mouth of madness there was like none in the endless uh s- still pretty disappointed about that one <laughs> um but uh, this one was full on creature and it's all about the makeup in this one. And it is uh, fantastic, Luke.
0: Oh, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, there's you know, we, we can never like mention everybody that's been involved in these movies because that, you know, that we'd be just reading a list of names, which doesn't make for great listening. But, uh, you know, no, no less apparently no less than four special effect companies were uh, involved in making of all this stuff. So, you know, countless people, uh, and I guess the guy that gets the most credit for the special effects in this movie is a guy named John Carl Buchler, who's kind of a a horror legend in his own right. Uh, you know, he sadly passed away in 2019, but, uh, he worked on movies like Hatchet, the original Reanimator, uh, Friday the 13th part seven, uh, and several others. And, uh, man, uh, him and his crew, uh, deserve all the kudos because, uh, Man, it's again, it's it's awesome, awesome shit. It's not on the same level as like the thing, for example, um, no. but uh, or or society, for example. But uh, man, it's right there. It's it's in that ballpark, and uh, you can tell, like you know, it, this was a labor of love. It, it just it the, the stuff that's on screen looks phenomenal.
1: The by far the most interesting stuff is uh, Doctor Pretorius's multiple transformations.
0: Agreed. Yeah, he he looks awesome.
1: When you first see him, he looks like a normal person. Uh, But, like, when they touch him, when he's saying, you know, touch me, his, like, the fingers, like, sink into his shoulders. You know, it's like fingers going through butter. And then the next time you see him, it's, like, a side profile and he looks somewhat normal, but then he turns and the whole, like, right side of his body is, like, mutilated and mangled and he doesn't really have an arm anymore. And then when you see him again, he's got, like, fucking legs and, and like, his... uh his head is like one long trunk with a face on the end of it. And he's got like this big claw hand that flies out. Uh, and then like his head can take different shapes. It's almost like bug-like wouldn't you say, you know, like a, like a wasp or a hornet.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's got like pincers, right? Yeah.
1: Or like like praying mantis I guess would be more like that. And then later on still like he can grow wings and he flies around, uh, Yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. It's all really well done. And you know it's all done by hand because, you know, it's the 80s. So, you know, like a lot of people were sitting there working with foam latex and uh, silicone and paint. And Man, like uh, this guy who played Dr. Pretorius has uh, spent a lot of time in the makeup chair.
0: Yeah, man, this isn't even my final form. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the guy that played Dr. Edward Pretorius uh, is a guy named Ted Sorrell. And uh, we couldn't find information on how long he spent in the makeup chair. Uh, I'm sure that information exists somewhere. But, uh, you know, we like I said, we, we watch these movies and we do this right after we watch them. Man, it must have been a lot of hours. That's uh, <laughs> that's my professional opinion. Because <laughs> the fucking shit this guy has to wear is uh, is insane. It's insanity. It's it, the the makeup is amazing. It's very detailed and it looks very heavy. <laughs> so, um kudos to Ted Sorrell because he probably went through, you know, went through hell to make this movie.
1: The other thing that's really gross uh, is there's not much makeup involved in this is but when Jeffrey Combs is sort of doing his rampage later on and he's eating brains and sucking brains out through eyeballs. Can you imagine being one of the, you know, the actors that gets their brain sucked out? He's like, hey, when I was you know, when I was in my 20s, Jeffrey Combs put his mouth on my eyeball and sucked out my brains. <laughs> oh, man. He had to, like, these actors had to deal with Jeffrey Combs physically, like putting his open mouth on their eyeball.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, he's basically like French kissing their eye. <laughs> what a story, man. Uh, if only we could all have great stories like that.
1: <laughs> Give me your final thoughts on From Beyond
0: yeah i uh, i like this one a lot uh this one uh this is a great one and you know it's considered as one of the great uh hp lovecraft adaptations uh for good reason it's a brisk one hour and 25 minute movie it flies by before you know it it's it's almost akin to like a, a well-done extended tales from the crypt episode you know the the budget isn't huge but they still do the best that they uh they can with it and it's it's really you know, something to see because the special effects are are just amazing. I mean, as as I'm speaking here, I'm kind of looking at the, uh, the the trailer is playing on silent in the background, and I'm, I'm you know looking at these things again, and just it looks incredible. Uh, it, so just for that alone, you know, special effects and and, and gorehounds to check this out. But uh, even beyond that, uh, the story I, I feel is is pretty good. It's uh it's nothing nothing to write home about, but it's uh, it definitely gets the job done. And uh, also this movie is horny as fuck. Uh, so uh, you can check it out for that because it's uh, it, it's it definitely tantalates.
1: <laughs> I, I agree, man. I really like this one. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of fun gonna I mean, compare it to society because it is uh, very similar in some of the effects, especially. And uh, well, the ending of society, I forget what they call it, but like when they're having their mass like sort of orgy at the end, the shunting, the shunting, there you go. That's more. <laughs> That's more interesting than, you know, like the stuff in this movie. But um, as like an overall story, From Beyond's got society beat because the one like gripe I had about society is that like the first, you know, hour is a bit confusing and all over the place. So, um, yeah, if you're into this kind of stuff and you're fans of uh, Stuart Gordon and uh, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, there's no reason why you shouldn't watch this one. So that wraps up From Beyond. And since we watched a movie that dealt with parallel and alternate universes and realities, without further ado, it's guess the parallel universe movie quiz time. Let's go. All right, Luke. So, like last week, we had I guess the Alien TV show. This is the Parallel Universe movie quiz, but to keep things a little bit fresh and a little bit different, uh, all your clues are gonna be in rhyme form tonight. Oh my god. What? So uh you've got some, <laughs> some riddles to decipher.
0: Oh my god, I want to fucking suck at this so bad. Okay. <laughs>
1: And there are five questions tonight because I had to concentrate while writing these. uh, So I only got five done. And as per usual, each of them are worth two points. And if you want a hint, then you can still salvage one point. So are you ready? Riddle me this. Yes. All right. First one. Once upon a time, Doc creates a car just fine. To jump into the past, will Hill Valley
0: change at last? Okay, well, that's got to be Back to the Future.
1: Yeah, I wanted to start you easy. You got that one. That's Back to the Future. Well done. All right. All right, number two. Are you ready? Yes. Elliot Page is one of the stars. Worlds flipped and changed unbarred. Spinning top stopped.
0: Leo's billing is the top. These are all movies, right? They're not TV shows. Yeah, these are all movies. Okay, okay. Oh, 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 this is uh, Inception. Yeah,
1: you got it. Good awesome. job. All right, number three. This is where they start to get a little bit difficult. So we're starting earlier because I only got five. Okay. Another Gordon Levitt movie, along with Bruce, it's pretty groovy. Involves time travel. Almost, brother. Joe and Bruce look like each other. Looper. Yeah, man. Good job, man. Nice. That was a good movie that I feel like not enough people watch.
0: Yeah, that's – it's it... – I agree. Absolutely. That needs to be seen by more people. I like Looper a lot.
1: Well, you're perfect. All right. Here's number four. On a side note, I'm proud of this one. I worked on this one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this particular one. All right. Here we go. Can one change an event, a pregnancy that can prevent an artificial intelligence
0: domination
1: or the future's salvation?
0: Oh, man. That's good. Um, oh, man. Uh, the Terminator? Yeah, you got it. Good job. Nice nice all right last one last one all right come on give me that fucking
1: perfect score dude i want it i want it for you (laughs) all right across the desert someone walks another follows and sometimes talks lines of power amongst the trees go
0: then there
1: are other worlds than these
0: oh shit man this is the dark tower this is 100% <laughs> 5 of 5, 20 points. There you go. <laughs> they are right. Fuck yeah. The
1: Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ReviewedToDeath. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what's coming up next.
0: Well, coming up next is going to be the second movie in our little mini uh, Stuart Gordon trilogy here of uh, H.P. Lovecraft movies. This one is based on the short stories Dagon and The Shadow Over Innsmouth. And the movie is called Dagon uh, from uh, 2001. we really looking forward to that one. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators.
1: Richard Band? Richard fucking Band? Oh, whoa, really? Dude, the, the podcast has come full circle, bro.
0: Shit. Richard Band was involved in something good? <laughs> he wrote the music.
1: Fucking shit,
0: it's a, it's a Charles Band joint? <laughs> oh, man, it's been a while.